I'm Bill Beekman, Vice President and Director of Athletics at Michigan State University. And our guest uh, today is Vinny Gore, the uh, Senior Vice President for Auxiliary Enterprises. And Vinny, let's start out by asking the question, uh, what, what are the Auxiliary Enterprises? Because you know, I think, when, and before I let you answer that, uh, I'll just sort of tell a little story. When, uh, when your predecessor had uh, retired, and they were getting ready to post your position. I remember having a conversation with President Simon and saying to her uh, that from my perspective, this was one of the most important jobs on campus because it was a job that really touched just about everything on campus. And yet, uh, you know, for better or worse, uh, it was a position that most people really weren't all that aware of, at least outside of campus. So tell us about the the scope and reach of, uh, of, of what you're responsible for. So I, I uh, kind of say I do stuff, Bill. <clears throat> and so in that stuff, we, uh, we do all the on-campus living in the residence halls and apartment. And on a normal year, we're roughly about 16,000 to 17,000 students, student families across campus. Uh, we are one of the largest single campus um, uh, residential systems in the country. Uh, we go back and forth with Rutgers and we argue back and forth over that. Uh, we also do all of the culinary, all of the food service on campus. In a normal year, we do between uh, Sunday through Thursday about 50,000 meals a day. Um, and then we run a hotel. We have two golf courses and a tennis facility, the MSG Union. And then we get involved in um, other kinds of projects on campus. We helped out with the College of Human Med in Grand Rapids with the research building. And this most recently, I think I'm on day two um, of um, the interim vice president for uh, student affairs and services. So, you know, so I, I kind of do a little bit of stuff, you know, is, I, I think is what I call it. Well, and there are times, you know, in, in, in a northern climate where uh, from time to time we'll get 10 or 15 inches of snow and people will talk about closing the university. And, uh, and yet I think it's, uh, it, it might be surprising to people that you know, there are parts of the university that simply can't ever close. And, and yeah, obviously the, the police department is, is one example, but, but most of those report to you. You have guests at the hotel. Uh, you have, uh, uh, during those winter months, many, many students on campus that uh, you need to feed. And so, so you really have people here literally every day of the year. We have people 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. So um, my daughter calls me the mayor. Because... <laughs> so, pretty appropriate title. Yeah, because she says, well, you know, whenever I talk to you, I ask you how the day's going. She says, well, you know, I had this roof leak and, you know, this, this stuff happening with students and, and all the other stuff. And she goes, well, you're like a mayor. So I keep telling my friends, you're like a mayor. So I said, yeah, I kind of like that way. We're yeah. always open. That's, that's We're always open. So you've had uh, some very interesting life experiences. And, uh, and from time to time, I've really enjoyed uh, stories you've told about your father, who was the sergeant major in the Army. And, uh, yeah, and, and in the way, you, uh, you, you lead a tremendous number of troops here in East Lansing. So how did growing up in a military environment uh, affect you? What lessons did you learn from your father? Yeah. Uh, you, you spent a lot of time overseas and moving around. Uh, 
how did that impact what you do today? Well, I, you know, I would say that um, when you're a military brat, you never really put down roots. So we moved on the average of every three years. And so when I was in ninth grade, I played on three different basketball teams in one year. Started off, um, we were stationed outside of uh, Virginia, um, in Virginia, outside of D.C. And uh, <clears throat> so I played on a basketball team there. My dad got, uh, he got transferred to Berlin, Germany. So our family moved to South Carolina to stay with my grandmother while we were waiting for housing. So I played on a basketball team in, in uh, South Carolina and then went from there and finished out the season in Berlin on, on another basketball season. So you learn to be really flexible. Uh, I think you, you also learn to make friends really easily. Uh, you learn not to take things, not to get attached to stuff, you know. Um, change just always happens. It's just a part of the nature. And I think uh, what I told my daughter was one of the good things about moving around a lot was you could always reinvent yourself, you know. So growing up, you know, I think a lot of kids, they, they get stuck in one group. And then, but when you're army brat moving around, the next group of people don't even know who you are. So you get to sort of reinvent yourself and become something else. So I think that's one of the things. And um, I think the second thing that I sort of learned, at, you know, as an army brat being on it was, um, that there's always this sort of set of structure that happens, but within that structure, um, you know, there's a lot of freedom. And uh, so growing up, we, um, we woke up to reverie every day. <laughs> and that was like at six o'clock in the morning. So I've always been an early bird because wherever we come across the base and you hear that, and then about 5.30 taps would come out. So that was pulling down. So the flag went up and the flag went down and, Everything happened in between that day. So, but that was always the case every day that those two things would happen. So, yeah. Was... Now, that's an interesting perspective. On the one hand, boundary conditions, and then on the other hand, uh, flexibility to, to think about who you are. And, you know, and I think you're, you're absolutely right. I, uh, you know, basically went through the same, uh, the same school system, uh, through, through elementary school and, and then beyond. And, uh, and people do get sort of pigeonholed in spaces and uh, for better or worse, and, and sometimes for worse. And uh, so that, that ability to, uh, to not have that follow you, I think uh, would be, would be one, of the, one of the nicer aspects. So you, you went, to, uh, went, went off after you, uh, after you, you left your, your career as a, uh, as a military brat and uh, went on to college and got a, a physical education degree. Mm -hmm. So what, um, how does that translate into what you do every day? Because I, as, as a person who lives in athletics, I can see some comparisons, but, but maybe other folks can't. Well, you know, I, I think one of the things that, um, yes, I, I was a PE major at the University of South Carolina, as we used to say, and everyone's called coach there. And um, in one of the things that you learn in, at least in that particular program at that point of time, we took a lot of coaching theory and it's about how to make teams grow and develop over a series of period of time. And, and so I'm able to sort of translate that piece into leadership is how to coach a team, um, how to sort of think about um, what your game plans are because you learn those lessons 
um, as as a, as a in coaching theory, and then you get a chance to practice it when you're doing it. And I think one of the things that you learn um, in there is there's, there's always this point of you're in the middle of the game. Can you think both tactically and strategically? And so um, one of the things when, when I was a basketball coach, uh, I would think about things in five-minute periods. And so at the beginning of the game, you have the first five minutes, and that's you're just trying to get warmed up. And then if you, at halftime, you were behind, um, it was, could you get the plus or minus by 15-minute point? Could you get the plus or minus by 10 point? And then you could think strategically where you need to be and where you need to have your players. And so where that helps me, I sort of think about that is an academic year in a lot of ways is like a basketball game. It's nine months. And there are different periods of time in which you got to do things. So we spend a lot of time and energy from August to about September 15th. We call it the death march. Um, and that's just getting started. Let's bring everybody in. We're working every day. You know, you don't get a day off. And then about the, fifth, about the 15th of September, students hit this rhythm. They've been here for about three weeks by then. So the rhythm starts the classes, and so our work really changes. So from about the 15th of September through labor, through Thanksgiving, it's a period of time that we do a lot of our planning for, um, for the spring semester. But it's also a time that we know about um, the second week of October, uh, especially with freshmen, um, loneliness, being homesick, being overwhelmed by classes starts to happen. It happens every year. So we know that that's a period in which we got to focus a lot of energy with, our, with students and being present. Um, then Thanksgiving happens, and then there's this sort of rush at the end of the semester where nothing ever gets done. We're just trying to get through the last three weeks, and there's a lot of pressure. So our, and our, actually our rhythm of our fruit program changes through various different times of the year. So that, it's very similar to coaching a basketball game, except it's 17 weeks. Now, Vinny, one of the uh, key responsibilities that you have, as you've mentioned, is our residence halls. And a big part of those residence halls is the food service. And uh, uh, one of your initiatives when you, when you uh, came to Michigan State was really to, to transform that food service. And and many of us that are uh, of, of my age uh, will remember that, uh, you know, you had one option or maybe two options and, and we'd all make sure we ate on Wednesday nights because that was Rice Krispie night. And uh, mm -hmm. that was like the highlight of the week was uh, Rice Krispie treats. And uh, you go over to, um, to Brody, uh, the Brody Hall cafeteria, uh, the, the, the Brody Complex cafeteria uh, today and you find a, uh, a station that uh, serves vegetarian food, a station that serves fresh pasta, uh, a, a, a salad bar that's gotta be 30 foot long um, and, and other options as well. And uh, my, my favorite probably is, uh, is grilled chicken, uh, which is, which is uh, you know, very, very good and uh, served regularly. So how do, um, how do you how do your chefs come up with 
uh, meals, with, with what they're going to serve, uh, how they decide when to introduce new things or retire old things. How does that sort of behind the scenes process work? So um, we have a uh, corporate chef, uh, Kirk Kowalski, who sort of his sort of focuses on the food part of the meals that we serve and all of our executive chefs. And that was one of the things that we brought in um, uh, back about 13 years ago was to bring chefs who really focus on the food because um, the food is not only what you see, but it's what you taste. And, and, um, and so what we, what we wanted to do is to make sure that we had different menu planning. And even at Brody, where there are 27 different options during lunch and dinner, people get bored, you know, because they're eating there for 15 weeks and they tend to eat roughly about the same thing. So what we try to do is look at the different cycles. So we know that as uh, weather gets colder, um, uh, comfort food becomes more important. That's what people want, you know, what they had at home. So we try to focus on that. And so we change the menus around based on the seasons. So we'll change, we'll go from the beginning of the year to October through Thanksgiving. And then we really do comfort food during the finals because that's the high stress time. And then we actually work backwards through the spring. So the, the uh, chef council team works all summer to plan on all the menus. Very much like a football team would spend the summer planning for the season, depending on what game it is and what the players are. So that's, that's kind of what we do. So the, the front end of that supply chain is ordering food. Yeah. And uh, I mean, obviously you have to order the food, have it shipped onto campus, distributed amongst the residence halls, cooked by the chefs, and then it goes out for, uh, for people to eat. What would, what would people be surprised to learn about that, uh, uh, that, that sort of uh, uh, supply chain for our food? Everyone is always amazed that we purchase $34 million worth of food a year. Wow. It's the sheer volume of, of that. They're always uh, amazed by that. And then the second thing they're always amazed by, and I, and I wish I had the numbers in front of me, Bill, is the amount of milk we go through. Because, you, you know, you don't think that kids today, at least when I was growing up, uh, you know, we'd always have a glass of milk at, for breakfast and for lunch and for dinner. And, you know, my daughter didn't drink that much milk. But for whatever reason, you know, Michigan State students drink a lot of milk. And we go through over a million gallons of milk a year. It's just a phenomenal amount. So and you throw Starbucks in there, and there's even more. What's our most expensive food item? Do you know? Um, so our most expensive food item is actually the uh, meat we purchased through um, the animal science. And, it, and, and part of it is, is you know, we, we're part of the academic institution. Uh, I think it's real important that we support um, you know, our ag department. So we buy uh, poultry and meat from them. And we, we pay at a premium price because, I mean, we're, we're so large, we can, we can purchase commodities at a much uh, cheaper price than on a wholesale market. Um, but because we are part of, you know, of the institution, we, we pay a premium for it. 
but it, it also supports all the students because it gives them the experience of, of raising, uh, their, raising the, their uh, cattle or, or poultry items or pork or whatever it is and going through that whole process. No, Vinny, that's, um, uh, I think that's a wonderful segue into, into my next question. But before that, a, a brief comment. Uh, you know, one of the things that I think you've really brought to this role uh, that's been, I think, very special for Michigan State is that sense of, uh, of the institution. And, uh, you know, each of us uh, can get sort of locked into what our role is, whether it's athletics or, or the, the operations you run or, or, or the vice president for student affairs. And you know, we have so many different, uh, different roles, uh, research, et cetera. And it's easy to get locked in those, but, uh, but you've always been very gifted at seeing the big picture and how, how your operation meshes with so many, you know, really just about every operation on campus. And whether it's making sure that there is a, uh, uh, a, a sort of a convenience store in a particular building because researchers are there 24 hours a day or, uh, or, or purchasing food from the, the farms, um, making sure that we in athletics are, you know, particularly during this very challenging time for all of us and, 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 and challenging for you because we don't have students for the most part in our residence halls, but taking care of all of those young people who have had to quarantine uh, or be isolated because of the uh, the pandemic, and and all of that falls on the shoulders of your team, who just support the university in such a spectacular way. And uh, thank you. Um, so I, I think that um, you know, be, in part because I think that that became very clear very quickly to President Stanley, he asked you to help lead our our university strategic planning process and. Uh, it's something that we haven't done in a very, very long time. So I think it will, uh, it'll be very meaningful for our campus community. But could you share with us just a, a few of the highlights of how that's, how that's going? I appreciate it's just starting up, but uh, what, you're, uh, what, what you and the team are involved in? Yeah, so uh, uh, we are, um, we've been working through over the summer through a, a series of what we call focus uh, inquiry groups in really taking a hard look at our values and what does it mean to be Michigan State and how we serve not only our students and our university community, but the state, the nation, and the world. And um, so when you come here, what does this mean to be part of this community and what we stand for as an institution? And, um, and then what, what it means to uh, be a good citizen. So, I mean, I think that's part of the values part. And the second thing is we're, we're looking at is um, this whole world of virtual learning um, and, and what that will mean over the next um, 10 to 15 years. You know, I, I mean, Zoom and web, web classes have always been around. I, I, the pandemic has highlighted it, but that in essence isn't really what we're sort of thinking about. We're sort of thinking about what does technology look like for um, using, say, a virtual uh, learning and being able to go deep into a cell and that what that experience is like. And I think the other part of it is, are there access has always been part of the Michigan State um, ethos. And so there are a number of 
of our alums who didn't finish degree for whatever reason, either they started a family or they found a different career, they want to continue the degree. And so making sure that maybe virtually that we have a way for alums who didn't finish here to get their degree. I think the other the other focus group that we're really looking at is resources, right? And there are three types of resources: time, money, and people. And um, you know, in I think most of us sort of think of our resources as being money, but our most valuable resources are people. And it's the intellectual um, uh, <coughs> of our faculty and of our staff. And so, what does that mean? How we use those things. Um, and then the other focus groups we're thinking about is what does the 21st land-grant institution look like, century institution look like? Um, and it's both open and accessible to the pulp, to the, to the masses, but however we define that. Um, but it, it also has a role of solving the big problems of the world, whether it be water, food, um, power, climate, all those other things. And so what does that look like and what are our focal areas that we wanna make sure that we have a, a leading edge on for not only the institution, but for the world. So those are things we're sort of focusing on. That's, uh, that's a pretty spectacular agenda. And I think uh, one that our, uh, our 500,000 plus <coughs> can be uh, very, very proud of. Um, so. Vinny, I'm going to uh, wrap this up with a couple of uh, fun questions. So uh, as the athletic director, I feel compelled to ask you what your favorite sport is, either to watch, compete in, or both. And then secondarily, uh, as the guy who's uh, responsible for so much of the uh, spectacular food we've been serving on campus and really transforming that, uh, uh, those cafeterias over the last decade, what's your favorite uh, MSU meal? Okay, um, so my favorite sport to watch and play, uh, sort of, I, I love college football. Um, I uh, actually, out of high school, was recruited by Clemson until I blew my knee out before, before training actually happened. So I kind of live vicariously through that. So I, I, I do like college football, but I also, but I coach basketball. So <laughs> I is sort of back or forth. So I like watching football, but I actually like basketball from a coaching perspective because I always find it interesting. I still try to tell Tom, his team's getting the lull between six, seven minutes and four minutes. Every game, something happens between that period. All this, every season, they get in this sort of lull. So that's when I always look at the plus minus where they are. Um, <clears throat> uh, so that's it. In my favorite meal on campus, I call the Bill Beekman special. It's the cheeseburger and fries. <laughs> that's that that's uh that, that would be my my go-to meal at the Kellogg Center. Yes. Although yeah. now I've add a fried egg on top of that, you know. So Ah, all yeah, right. Yeah, that's my Bill I call the I would walk in and and talk to the servers and say just give me the Bill Beekman special and they knew exactly what that was. Well, I uh every now and again they'll have a uh, you know, something really peculiar or interesting that strikes my fancy. Uh, uh, for breakfast, sometimes they'll, they'll bring out that uh, uh, cherry omelet, which I, uh, I think is just a, a great staple of the, uh, of the Kellogg Center in the stateroom. 
but yeah, I, uh, I'd say the go-to is a cheeseburger and some fries. That's, uh, that, that certainly is where I would land most of the time, which, uh, which, you know, maybe, maybe isn't, uh, isn't all that exciting, but it's a, uh, it's a good go-to option. It, 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 it is comfort food, Bill. So whenever I need comfort food, that's what I go to. Very good. Well, uh, Vinny Gore, the uh, vice president, senior vice president for auxiliary enterprises. And uh, it's been a, a joy talking with you and learning about the, uh, the extraordinarily sort of comprehensive uh, role that you play at Michigan State from the tennis uh, facility to the golf courses, the Kellogg Center, uh, the state room, the, uh, the, the many uh, residence halls that we have and the food service that they provide. And, uh, and, and you've, you've recently added, uh, added a couple more job descriptions uh, as the leader of our strategic planning process and the, uh, the, the interim uh, vice president for student affairs and services. So we're glad that you were able to take a half hour of your day, which uh, has got to start very early and end very late to, uh, to spend with us. So thanks so much, Vinny. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. It was fun.